Need a powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens? Allicin Med is the powerful universal pathogen killer's latest advance of German-sourced Allicin, enzymatically stabilized to clear the body of bacteria, fungi, mycobacteria, and parasites. It penetrates body biofilms and is non-toxic to tissues. Pathogen resistance cannot develop for long-term body-optimized wellness. Clear stealth pathogens that promote autoimmune disease, cancer and vascular inflammation and plaque and promote healing of tissues. Now pathogen-free. With 200 milligrams more power than prior Alamed, you can't get a more powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens. Give your body what it needs. Allison Med. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutridyne at 888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. That's 1-888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. And listen to the Nutramedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. Nutramedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. to the Nutramedical Report, always dynamic, always giving you the best information to restore your health and geopolitical wisdom and give you an action plan to take the future by storm. We have uh, back every Wednesday, first hour, Lowell Ponte, Lowell's very popular. He's going to be doing a show right after this. He uh, co-writes with Craig Smith, is with Neil Cavuto on Fox News Business every week. And uh, we have some interesting things to talk about. We have the, the uh, Texas primaries. I'm amazed at how... The media and the Democrats still believe their tales, because it's certainly not a story, uh, about the idea of of turning Texas blue. Although I know there's a lot of Californians moved there, it's still the the so-called surge that they have is so anemic, it's obviously not going to turn Texas blue, is it? No, and there's a great deal of voter fraud apparently going on in Texas, and yet all the Democrats running for U.S. Senate against Ted Cruz combined were not near Ted Cruz's vote in this election. So their chance of winning, I mean, this is a state that not only is not turning blue, it hasn't even turned purple. It isn't isn't even a split state. It's still a solidly Republican state. And we would expect, I mean, the Hispanics in Texas, many of whom have been there for many, many generations, understand that uh, the Democrat socialist policies are not really for them. They're destructive and negative, and uh, basically we've seen the Democrats betray African Americans by allowing millions of uh, low-education but good work ethic Hispanics to come into the country and drive down wages, take away jobs from blacks here. Uh, By the way, we're seeing something interesting going on in South Africa this week, too, that we can get into in detail if you'd like. Uh, Uh, Malema, who is the revolutionary socialist leaders of the country's, uh, what do they call it, the Economic Freedom Fighters Party. He is a radical Marxist as opposed to a more conventional Marxist like the African National Congress. 
uh, the African National Congress backed Malema's law in the last weeks, to, and it has passed overwhelmingly in the legislature to confiscate all the farmland owned by whites, about 10% of South Africa's population. So it is a blatantly, obscenely racist law. Taking land away from people purely because of their race. And by the way, this is especially amusing because since the end of apartheid, the government has not been issuing people race ID cards. So technically, you have no way to prove what your race is one way or another without a race ID card that formally declares you are of X race, black, white, whatever. But... uh, As I remember, the United States and many other Western nations joined an effort to boycott South Africa, to sanction it, to not provide military or economic aid, to put it under pressure to change. And then it did change under solemn promises that people would be treated equally, that whites would not simply be wiped out in South Africa. Well, now Malema, having passed this law... Uh, we have to ask, is the United States, is Donald Trump, our, West, our noble Western European nations, going to sanction a blatantly racist South Africa that has now invoked apartheid 2.0? Wow. That is now practicing direct, explicit, overt racism against white people, against a small minority of the population. And if you think this is not serious, Julius Malema declared we are not call we are not calling for the slaughter of white people at least for now wow that was wow. a statement well and you know he- what when i heard because i have my my wife's uh <laughs> sister actually was married to south african and and uh, their daughter was actually in the amex tower during the 9-11 uh she was supposed to be in the 9/11, during the 9-11 disaster and she was called to be out so her husband thought she was in the tower when it went down but South Africa, basically, the, economically, since they've been taking away property and interfering with the uh, whites that actually brought the Dutch, the Boers, that brought industry to South Africa, their economics is going into the toilet. And both people will know this, that as the blacks keep on taking away property from the whites, they disasterify it. They ruin it. Well, the same thing happened explicitly in Zimbabwe. Right where Robert Mugabe, in the same kind of situation politically, was demagoguing against white people and decided he would confiscate all the white farmland there, which had turned Zimbabwe into the breadbasket of Central Eastern Africa. It was the most productive farmland country there. They took the land. They did not give it to ordinary Zimbabweans. They gave it to Mugabe's cronies and his wife. In fact, his wife got a dozen of the best farms that exist. I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of acres. The best farms in Zimbabwe. And they ran it into the ground. Food production yeah. collapsed. Uh, the farmers were no longer making money. And the less money they made, the less uh, these people worked on it. Wow. And so as a result, uh, the country went largely bankrupt. Uh, was printing money so fast that a Zimbabwean dollar uh, was worth only a few, uh, less than a millionth at one point of a U.S. dollar. I mean, the money cost more to print than it was worth. The same thing has happened in Venezuela, too. Uh, and now they're trying to imitate that 
in South Africa. Oh, Zimbabwe's Mugabe was also a Marxist who invited communist China to come into his country, build the railroads, put the country even deeper in debt, uh, and basically turn his nation into a colony, not of British capitalism, but a Chinese communism. Wow. So that's the glory and the achievement that these Marxist black uh, parties have made in South Africa. And when you now have the head of the man who just Mm -hmm. broke this law that's been enacted to take away farmland, saying we are not calling for the slaughter of white people at least for now, and saying they plan to slit the throats of whiteness, and understand that dozens and dozens of white farmers are murdered by gangs, by people breaking into their farms in the middle of the night every year. I mean, this is a, a rather dramatic act. Don't you think we should have sanctions against the new apartheid South Africa? Wow. Just, just a thought. Well, uh, what do you think of the Belt and Road uh, program that China's pushing? Uh, well, because, it is they're, very, they're much, very much in Africa, and it's very much to their advantage, and they don't have to necessarily fund it. They actually put the nations that are they're involved with it into great debt. It's not so much Chinese debt. I heard that it's less than 10% that they're going to fund it. But what they're doing is they're creating a road for export of their products and their technology and control over many nations. Sure, and they're driving a wedge between those countries and the West. Right. As best they can, making Chinese, China the primary trade partner of these people, also extending Chinese influence. I mean, they are making a very serious push toward a global imperium, toward becoming the dominant global empire in less than 50 years. Right. And that does not bode well for us. You can understand why Trump, for example, would want to intervene with tariffs on aluminum and steel because China is flooding the world market with such things. China is also has for long been targeting countries that have rare minerals, uh, strategic minerals, if you will, right. the kind of additives that steel needs to make it do certain things. And Trump is also taking the quite rational attitude that if we were dependent on Chinese steel, although it's cheaper in both price and quality, um, if we needed that to build our warships, to make our rivets, to build our aircraft, uh, and they could cut that off if they come. Oh, yeah, and even our power generation uh, step-down transformers, they're all made in China now. What a national security disaster. By previous administrations of WIMPY, uh, the WIMPY administrations of Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, George Bush Sr., and et cetera, all the way back to John F. Kennedy, who wasn't WIMPY. see happening in politics here in America, and we're actually only six months away from the big election, 
I think Trump's going to gain the Senate and get 60 seats. I think you're going to see him gain seats in the House, despite the fact that they think the, the, the House is going to have a number of seats up that are going to be won over by Democrats. And I actually think that he won't have to uh, go nuclear because he'll have 60 seats. Most of Trump's agenda is going to then be accomplished between 2019 and 2020 when he goes for re-election. He's already picked out his new election campaign chairman. He's going to have Gary Cohn gone because I think Gary Cohn didn't agree with him on the, uh, the idea of tariffs. But tariffs basically is like playing a game of, uh, with other kids at a party where you put a really hard stance at first, and then you say to Canada and Mexico, hey, you know, I can pull back a bit if you negotiate a reasonable reciprocal trade deal with me, not NAFTA. And uh, I think he's going to put the crunch on China. China, if they want a trade war, actually will win, because you can't lose when you have a nation with $800 billion trade deficit. So whatever China does to us and we do back to them, we're going to see that trade deficit shrink. So I, I think uh, the fact that what Trump is doing is pivoting on every issue, it's good to see people gone because he likes to hear every opinion, but after a while he gets tired of it when they don't do the right thing. For example, I know McMaster's already done some things in Munich. I have a feeling that he's on uh, thin, thin ice as well, although you're not going to hear it until Donald Trump comes up because General Kelly is making, maintaining a much tighter hole in the ship. For example, uh, the, uh, the Miss Hope who just left, had a little bit of a loose tongue, and I think that's the reason why she was asked to leave, even though she was, quote, a good secretary. You can't have a loose tongue inside the White House. So um, what, what do you think? Oh, I think that's quite true. I, I would like to believe that Trump is going to do very well. The difficulty is of the number of uncertainties based on people who have become dependent on government money or privilege or benefits. Uh, but anyone who, take, who takes a long view, for example, if you continue to push the welfare state, if you continue to fill the country with a new electorate made of illegal aliens by waving magic wand and artificially legalizing them, you're yeah. simply saying to the rest of the world, America is no longer a land of opportunity. Don't invest here. Don't come here. Look for a better place. Okay. Uh, we are now to what, the 18th freest nation in the world, according to Cato and Fraser Institute studies. Economically, the 18th nation in the world uh, in terms of economic freedom. Uh, that is not a good calling card for investment. Of course, there are even worse places to invest. Case in point, Italy this week joined the Trump revolution by voting overwhelmingly in favor of the populist candidates and against the establishment globalist European Union candidates. And why? Because of high unemployment and because the Italian people were saying they're tired of being flooded by illegal aliens, mostly Islamic, from the EU, the European Union. So here, too, the EU may be closer to collapse than anyone wants to admit. By the way, is, is Italy a significant country? Italy is a bigger economy by far than the Soviet Union, or than Russia, I should say. Uh, most people don't appreciate that. Russia is only the 11th biggest economy in the world. In fact, California has a gross domestic product twice that of Russia. Yeah, you know what, I'm amazed at the behavior of uh, Vladimir Putin. Putin is acting like a, he's throwing tantrums. He has the uh, sanctions put on for the foolish move by his friend to put $2 million into trying to reshape the elections by just polarizing everything, 
which really didn't accomplish a damn thing. Uh, it certainly didn't disrupt the election process because they couldn't hack into the election devices. In fact, the counteraction to that is they'll probably have a major move under the Trump administration to move to, to solid elections that get rid of voter fraud. And uh, on top of that, Mr. Putin then threatens to have nukes that they can't, we can't counter, which is going to push Trump and the military to make sure they harden our missile defense systems so eventually Russia will be a flaccid, uh, incapable of, of either projecting warfare at a great distance because they don't have a military force or navy to challenge us or anybody else. Uh, the same with China. China has basically a large military on site, but they only have one base outside of China. It's a ridiculous situation. And, and let's count all those illegal islands in the China Sea. Right. Each of which is a base. Uh, no, Russia is known by military planners as a gas station pretending to be a country. Right. 25% of its economy comes from selling oil and natural gas to mostly. Yeah. Uh, could Russia do damage to us in a nuclear war? Oh, I imagine they could. Right. However, we could do damage to them. We could destroy them as a country in retaliation. And if that were done, Russia has on one side the Chinese who would love to move in and seize all the resources of Siberia and beyond. Uh, to the south of them are Muslims who hate the, their guts as a great white Russia. Right. And to the, and to the uh, west of them is Germany. What need I say about Germany versus Russia historically? Right. Exactly. So in other words, Russia has everything to lose and very little to gain by those kinds of threats against the U.S. Russia itself only has one base that's recently coerced out of Syria, a.k.a. Lebanon, um, in order to ex uh, project its power. So Russia is an astonishingly weak nation. At least China does have a gigantic economy. At least China does have yeah, a but, 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 but they have, they have what I call an on-paper economy. I've talked to friends that actually go to the industrial areas, and if you go two blocks aside uh, of every industrial area, it's something like going back two centuries. What the Chinese have done lately, I think, is bizarre. They've actually, because three-quarters of their population lives in rural China, they've actually plowed down their farms and forced them into these giant uh, cities they built in the middle of nowhere that even mm -hmm. the regular Chinese can't even afford to live there. And a lot of the people, if you're in their 40s or 50s, you don't have skill sets to have a job in these new places. So they try to go back to their, their land where they're subsistence farmers, and they were perfectly happy because they'd slaughter their own chickens and, and pigs and whatever, and they'd grow their own vegetables. And in China, food is a culture. It's part of their culture, which is why there's such a large Chinese population, because much of the food they have and herbs they grow kill off pathogens like Helicobacter pylori. I once saw a study here about a decade ago that through China, virtually every district of China has Helicobacter pylori in the guts of people, but they don't die of it or get ulcers because they're herbs in their diet prevents it. That's why they are able to reproduce and continue to have a big population. But what the Chinese are doing, the communists, they're literally destroying the rural Chinese and pushing them into the cities. And of course, what people also don't understand, there's an estimated 120 million unregistered Chinese girls that were not forced aborted in rural China. People don't know this, do they? They think that the Chinese one China policy killed all the Chinese girls off, and it didn't in rural China. What they used to do, by the way, to kill the girls off in the other areas, besides abortion, if they were born, was to shove rice in their mouths and feed it with water so they'd suffocate. People don't understand what's going on. And China, to me, is close to an internal revolution. I think it's going to blow up. And the communists better watch it because...
Young people are going to take them out, and they're going to fillet them alive. They're tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, repeat that. I can't hear you. There's a social sound blocked you out the last time. I want you to repeat because it's my analysis that the nation that's most likely, but more than a Muslim nation, is China with an internal revolution. And although they look really powerful, they built this giant military and they're building nukes and so on and they're collaborating along with Russia, by the way. We have all these papers yesterday which you need to read out there. Uh, there's two major uh, misinformation papers that the president has received talking about the fact that the guidance and other systems are coming from Ukraine and not Russia. No, Russia is deeply involved with providing nuclear technology to North Korea, and so is China, and so are possibly banks even outside China and other individuals giving integrated circuits and other material. Uh, if we clamp down these individuals and these corporations, uh, we would have no need for a military option. And, in fact, I have a feeling that between now and November, you're going to see Donald Trump squeeze harder and harder and harder on Xi and China, and you're going to see the so-called Chinese paper tiger go up in flames. I think you're going to see their economy crash because they don't have control of the world market. They are predatory. When I talked to people like I had in the show a few years ago, a company that made these wind vanes, you know, for, for, solar, for wind power. And when they went to China, they stole the technology, uh, wouldn't let them own 50, more than 50% of their company. They changed the rules about four years ago. Um, <clears throat> they repatented it. I mean, it's the same thing with Bombardier and, and uh, rail companies in Europe where they stole the technology from the Canadians and Europeans up to speed 70 kilometers an hour, repatented it so it's their technology, and then built tons of these high-speed rail across China with technology they've stolen. I mean, it really is disgusting, and they have an attitude of we win, win, nothing for you, lose, lose. And that's going to end with Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not going to put up with it. And anybody like Gary Cohn or anybody who wants to side with taking a wimpy attitude toward trade negotiations, like I think Donald Trump's first card pulling out the, the steel and aluminum tariff is fantastic. And I think he's going to make sure Canada and Mexico make a real free trade agreement that's reciprocal and not one-sided. So uh, China's done. As far as I'm concerned, it's a good thing that Xi is there because he went to the University in Southern Carolina. He'll have a very clear understanding that that America is no longer the whippy nation that has been for the last 40 years. It's a different game now, isn't it? Uh, and could soon be for other nations, too. Uh, China yeah. is practicing a kind of neo-mercantilism. That is, as you say, they're rigging every economic aspect to favor themselves. They're producing a great many goods, including a world surplus of steel, but a lot of it tends to be inferior steel. I mean, you don't really want uh, your ship or whatever built with Chinese rivets or your plane held together with Chinese screws because right. those, they're much more inclined to break than ones made in the U.S. Well, they, they, don't, they, they don't have the consistent metal concentrations throughout the actual steel. They made the, the ingots or whatever. And if you don't have consistency, steel is a, if you want to call it, a, uh, a paracrystalline structure. And that's why people don't understand it's actually, in a sense, although it looks solid, it's like concrete. Concrete is a paracrystalline liquid. Well, this is a paracrystalline solid, and what it happens is 
the crystal structure needs specific distribution of ions and other metals and the proper smooth distribution throughout the metal. Otherwise, it doesn't maintain its internal uh, strength and compressibility and flexibility. And as a result, if you don't have that uh, in quality of manufacture, the rivet can shatter uh, and the steel can break. Someday we should do a show just on material science, which is fascinating. I did a lot of writing on the use of high-tech ceramics and so on. Right. Uh, for, for example, if you ask people, is it a solid, a liquid, or a gas, and you show them a window, you show them glass, uh, they will say, oh, it's a solid. No, glass is not a solid. Glass is concrete. It's a liquid. It is, a liquid, right? It is a liquid with uh, very, do you say, low viscosity? In other words, it's flowing so slowly that it may take 50,000 years for your window to fall out of the window frame, but technically it's still a liquid. So is concrete. You know all these concrete buildings? Yeah. Even the ancient Roman ones, they're actually a paracrystalline liquid. In fact, although we call steel a solid, it's actually, again, anything that's an amalgam between multiple metals is always, by definition, a paracrystalline liquid, isn't it? Um, I'm trying to think if there's an exception, but when you talk about concrete and you go back to the ancient Romans, uh, that was, they, they used very high quality concrete in some cases. They would build harbors that are still here today in large, because they were built on a base of Pozzoli, a volcanic, uh, ash in effect. And that volcanic material held up quite well underwater. Yeah, it's a combination of the uh, ion structure of the, of, the, of the structured tissue. For example, the best way to make metal is actually to do layer upon layer that's basically atomic or angstrom-level metal, just like the Japanese uh, samurai swords, which are thousands of layers. And we have ways of doing that in manufacturing 3D printing to make thousands of layers to build up a 3D structure that's ultimately thousands of times stronger and more flexible than the base metals you'd otherwise see in it. And, uh, and you can amalgamate not only we call metals, but plastics and other ions and actually to create superstructures that are, have got atomic and mineral structure that's completely different than anything they previously made. That's why I see manufacturing in the next five years, not 10 or 20, but five. You're going to see robotics and, and printing, for example. I've heard that in Japan they're already doing it where someone has a contract to make one part or two parts in their garage with a 3D printer, and they send a part to with a very high tolerance to the manufacturing assembly company that often has a robotic assembly. And in Japan, thousands of parts can be assembled from hundreds of homes that are already in garages with a 3D printer in one side of the garage. I mean, people don't understand where things are going. And a lot of these big uh, moving businesses overseas to China and Malaysia, they have tons of free and cheap labor. It's gone. Robotics and artificial uh, intelligence and uh, 3D printing and so on are going to completely wipe out this idea of, a, of the necessity of international trade to keep prices down. It's going to be gone. In the meanwhile, China is implementing, as we started to mention, a social credit system in which every citizen will have a score. And that social credit score, see, here we, we give people credit based on do they pay their debts, uh, how much are they worth, how much property do they have, and so on. In China, it will be based on things like how loyal are you to the government? Yeah, they, they, all these Silicon Valley companies like uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, etc., they're all collaborating. By the way, these are all different faces of the no such agency. 
So what people don't understand, 90% of what the NSA does, the largest intel agency on the planet, larger than the budgets of everybody, for example, the budget of the NSA is 400 times the size of the CIA, and the CIA budget is bigger than all of the intel agencies on the planet. So the NSA, 90% of what it does is industrial espionage, including 3Com, the phone system for China, and all these so-called Silicon Valley China companies like Facebook, Twitter, are just different faces of the NSA. People don't know that, do they? And so Trump, right. So Trump is now creating an environment where U.S. companies can do, many of them, what they wanted to do anyway, which is to pull up and leave China. They're sick to death of what's being done to them being there, and they're gaining less advantage than they'd hoped. But there are other industries that are totally subservient to China. When I was watching the Oscars, for example, the other night, the one pro-American person there was British-born actor Gary Oldman, who played Winston Churchill in uh, The Darkest Hour, or in Darkest Hour. Uh, and he, on receiving his award, thanked the United States for being so good and so noble in the world and defending freedom. And there was almost no applause at all in the hall. You could get applause for him saying anything left-wing, but for saying something pro-American, oh, that was unacceptable. In fact, he's been damned ever since by the left, saying, oh, well, when he just glorified Winston Churchill, who was a racist, imperialist beast, and so on. No better than Hitler. Uh, and why is Hollywood like that? Well, because Hollywood is largely is a largely owned subsidiary of communist China now. Because yeah, in fact, it's interesting, is it? Hollywood desperately cares about its movies being seen in China and other countries, and hence it's not going to make very many pro-American movies mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, in fact, I think what I've heard is that the actual watchership, you know, the number of people watching in China is greater than the number of watching in America for Hollywood movies. So, so it truly is Hollywood, isn't it? Not Hollywood. Let's just change the name. Yeah, well, they're certainly not pro-American. If anything, they're globalist and anti-American. Yeah, I think that uh, Hollywood's going to commit, as they say, that Japanese ceremony called Harikari. Something else other than Hollywood's going to rise out of it. Frustrated. always write the most amazing books. I think this is the eighth in the series. Is that right? No, this is seventh. Seventh. Okay, why not? I've so, been here a total of eight, but this is the seventh in our series. Yeah, okay. So uh, the title of the book and how they can obtain it free, F-R-E-E, is, and the phone number to call? The title of the book, Money, Morality, and the Machine. Uh, and you get it absolutely free, and that means we'll pay for the postage and everything. It will not cost you a cent. It's a 250-page book of amazing documented facts. Uh, to get it, just call toll-free 800-630-1492, like the year Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's 800-630-1492. 
And you have nothing to lose, but I'd suggest you call now, though, before you forget it. I mean, I, I jot down numbers to call, and I, six months later, I find the number and say, oh, I forgot. You okay. you wrote it, yeah. So get now, it still free. And why is it important to get this book? What are the key two or three, uh, if you want to call taglines, and say, why is this book important for your future, your present understanding of what's going on? Well, we explain the whole issue of globalism as it evolved from progressivism um, and why the European, why the British wanted to get out of the European Union, which was gradually taking away their sovereignty. British woke up one day in 2016 and suddenly realized that 63% of all their laws and regulations were being created not by people they voted for, but by Eurocrats sitting across the sea in, in Brussels. Yeah, and by the way, these aren't elected people. They just sit in their little boardrooms and just make decisions. Sure. By the way, if you want to see foreigners controlling a government, um, Dianne Feinstein, the governor, governor, the senator from uh, California, was just denied the nomination for re-election to the Senate by the California Democratic Party. Her rival in that is the state Senate president pro tem Kevin DeLeon, Hispanic, who in a famous burst in 2017 uh, told a reporter, half my family are illegal aliens and could be deported. And this is the the California State Senate. Think about that. Half my family are illegals and could be deported. And now, of course, they're... uh, they're trying to attack, well, the, the, there's a war on now between the Trump administration, which has just sued the state of California, saying when a mayor of Oakland, a left-wing Democrat, decides to warn the illegals that in, in the next 24 hours, ICE will be having a raid and might arrest them, when she is not just uh, saying they will not help the federal government arrest the illegals, but she's actually impeding the ability of ICE to, in this case, arrest 800 people who got away because they weren't by this mayor in advance. This is what the current governor or government of California is now doing. And it's frankly a danger to all of us. I mean, this is, this is the kind of nullification that was used before the Civil War. In well, which this is, they say, if you don't like a federal law, we're going to nullify it within our borders. I think the real purpose is to create a new electorate, isn't it? Can you analyze and, and tell us about that? Because the Democrats basically, I think they're burning out their electorate support from blacks and Hispanics that have been here for generations, and they want to bring in new Hispanic or other populations from elsewhere, for anywhere, Russia, anywhere, that are in a sense illegals, and make them instant Democrats. That's their purpose, isn't it? In fact, it's even more amusing than that. There was a major protest on Capitol Hill this last week, uh, a group of dreamers, these people who are uh, the DACA kids, who were protesting not against Republicans, but against Democrats, saying that the Democrats had become fake allies who didn't really want them to have citizenship because, you see, Donald Trump had stood up and said, I will give 1.8 million DACA kids citizenship. And I'll just do it right now if the Democrats will agree to a few other simple things. And these DACA kids are saying, uh, like any good Californian, for example, the traditional voice is, well, now that I'm here, close the doors and don't let anybody else in. 
uh, they are saying, well, if I'm being offered citizenship, then don't worry about whether he's going to build a wall to stop other people from coming. I've already made it. So go ahead and agree with Trump. But you see, the Democrats, A, don't want Trump to get the credit for any such thing, and B, don't want to accept the limitations. I mean, what they do is what they did to Ronald Reagan, which is to pass a law promising that they will seal the border against more illegal immigrants. Um, That's how millions were given citizenship under Reagan on the promise there would be no more of this sort of thing. Well, now the Democrats are back, promising to seal the border, if only he'll give people citizenship now. It's kind of like Wimpy in the Popeye cartoons. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Gladly pay you five cents next to or the cost next Tuesday if you will give me a hamburger now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that's what they're um, they're doing basically. The Democrats have not promised to build the wall. They promised to pay for one eleventh of the wall which isn't nearly enough to have it done, and they want it all done electronically rather than physically. So there's no wall that needs to be torn down. They just need to give a Barack Obama-type order to the Border Patrol, stop enforcing the border. Wow. As, as Obama did, we now know. So that's the sincerity you're getting from Democrats, and no wonder that educated young Hispanics look at the Democrats and increasingly say, we yeah, are they used to be used as a card, a play, playing card by the Democrats. They don't really care about DACA kids having a future here. Many of them are actually nurses, lawyers, people working in the military. Uh, and we need to also fix the immigration system, which is part of Trump's four-pillar plan. And sure. if, you have, if you have any sense, you have to realize, without a border, you don't have a nation. Now, if the world economy crashes this year or next, we're going to get flooded with so many people because this is still being held up in the air because a lot of people think they can get under the wire, don't they? That's why we have a surge of people coming across the border. Last year, it went to a trickle. Now it's right back up to where it used to be, which is a huge number that are showing up here illegally. In fact, here in Oceanside, just two weeks ago, they charged two DACA kids with illegally importing human traffic illegals into California. So this is going to get, if this isn't solved quickly, it's going to create a disaster, especially if the economy goes belly up, which I think you're going to have some major earthquakes in the economy this year and next. This is also why the Democrats, as I said in my call this week, are trying to gerrymander future elections, not by border alone, but by age. They want to give the vote to 16- and 17-year-olds who are inexperienced and dumb enough to fall for Democrat propaganda and take the vote away from senior citizens who, for example, might need help filling out government forms for Social Security or taxes. Oh, oh really? That is taken as proof that you're old enough that you're now mentally defective and your vote should be taken away. Kind of the same thing Democrats have done by giving votes to felons but trying repeatedly to take them away from American fighting people who happen to be overseas. To take well, they, away do that, they, they do that all the time when they vote uh, at a distance. They try to block their votes from even being counted in the voting counting tallies. Right, because right. they're likely to be Republican votes. Right, they're military. They're more likely to be military than Republican. And by the way, just parenthetically, if you were a black and you just opened your eyes for a moment mm-hmm. at the Democratic Party, boys and girls, they just robbed you blind by opening the borders to millions of lower-educated, work-for-almost-nothing Hispanics who flooded into the country, who took away African-American jobs by undercutting wages and employment at the low end, 
I mean, the black people have been stabbed in the back by the Democratic Party. And this is why Hispanics look at Democrats and say, well, now we understand. You stabbed your most loyal constituency, blacks, in the back. How long will it be before you stab us? They're already doing it. They just don't feel a blade between the ribs, do they? Yeah, but, but Demo- well, these DACA kids are suddenly not, realize Democrats are betraying them, too. Yeah, they're not stupid. That's, uh, thing, that's, that's why I always liked about Barack Obama. That is, most most politicians will hurt their enemies, but they'll help their friends. But Barack Obama is an equal opportunity betrayer. <laughs> You're a comedian, aren't you? Equal opportunity. He'll stab his friends as well as his enemies, yeah. I heard that when you, it, when he was at Occidental University as a foreign student in California and he wanted a cigarette, he would walk up to you and beg you for the cigarette. When he did, he would act like he didn't exist and walk away when you got the cigarette. Nice guy, if you want. Yeah. I call they him the Abominator. this weekend. Yeah, I call him the Abominator. Okay, we leave forward this weekend, daylight saving time. I know, daylight savings. Hopefully we'll survive it. It's going to be brighter in the evening. Thank you, Lowell. I think it's going to be interesting. There's no blue wave in Texas, is there? No, there is. Back in a moment with health and wellness. And Dr. Jurgen Winkler will be here in, in, in studio, hour three. Imagine a pill that can improve your focus, your memory, your sleep. A catalyst to improve your brain chemistry. Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter-in-an-hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. 